1: Let the binge session continue. It's part two of the Great Pop Culture Debate's Best Netflix Original Series episode. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, and I'll be streaming all the arguments with my panel, Curtis Creekmore, Carissa Kloss, and Kevin Dillon. If you missed part one, hit the back arrow on your remote now and get up to speed. Fully recapped? Then let's carry on with the Sweet Sixteen. Welcome back to The Great Pop Culture Debate. We're moving on to round two of the best Netflix original series, and we're going to start it up with the comedy titan uh, Orange is the New Black versus Sex Education. Carissa, please talk to me about why Orange and the New Black is important to you.
2: Yeah. um, Well, I think it's really interesting. It's kind of funny that you called it a comedy because I think by the end it isn't. Um, It's really, for me, is kind of a drama show that – Gives us things that are really important that we need to pay attention to, but in ways that are really palatable. Because I think if we say the prison industrial complex, you know, you know, oh, this is a bad thing. But you watch the show and you see exactly what's terrible about running for-profit prisons. Um, we we get a cast that's mostly female, very diverse, um, very strong stories and people that you're invested in, even though maybe they're not the most likable of characters um and i think it's just it it just shows us so much about the abuse of the system and all of the struggles that happen in there in ways that are er, it gives us these stories that we're not seeing in kind of more personal ways
1: yeah. And I agree with all of that. I think one of the issues that I had with the later seasons was it was never not funny. It was always entertaining, but it got so dark that as a viewer, I always viewed it as a comedy and maybe that was on my fault because it's really a dramedy, right? But the season where... Poussey dies during the riots. It was just so dark and so upsetting to me. I was like, I can't move forward with this. The the last episode with her kind of in heaven, I thought was beautiful and really well done and moving. But that's when I had to check out, even though I love the show and I think it's really smart and incredibly acted.
2: I think it's really important that they did that episode and showed her death because it was really hard. Like that, that is an I can't breathe moment that you're seeing dramatized, but that is what was happening. And it it was so hard like i was emotionally wrecked when i went through that episode and it was really hard for me to continue but i knew i had to continue all the way through this the series because it was doing these things that were making me uncomfortable but were really important
1: and i think to the show's credit the show really kind of swung away from Piper who at least when I was watching, it became less and less likable as it went along and really started to focus more on the women of color who are disproportionately in our prison system anyway. And that's when I thought the real meat and the soul of the show started to come out. That's what I was gravitating towards.
2: Agreed. I think um, using a white woman and we, you know, there's not to talk about the source material for this, but like using a white woman's story as kind of the gateway to tell these stories of much more marginalized people and identities works just because it's a gateway. And also, yeah, that character is very unlikable. And the the less screen time she gets, the better the series does, I think.
1: I can I can believe it. And you thought that it, it wrapped up well.
2: I do, and I can talk about this in further rounds if you want to postpone that. That's
1: fine, because I think that's going to be uh, appropriate, as I believe we are moving on unless anyone wants to object to Orange is the New Blacks moving on over sex
0: education. Not at all. Mr. Kevin? Nope, nope, nope.
1: All right. So we're moving on to Mindhunter versus Grace and Frankie. And Kevin, I want you to talk to me about what makes elderly women making vibrators worthy (laughs) of our consideration.
3: (laughs) Well, you just said it. Um, although I did, uh, I do think both it and Mindhunter are fantastic shows. I think I actually moved Mindhunter forward, but I, I want to speak to Grace and Frankie because we, we haven't gotten to chat about that yet. It's, it's just hilarious. And it's really great to see um, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda um, selling us vibrators at the age of in their seventies and, you know, going on shark tank and finding their own voices and, um, as older women and, and what that means. And there are some really sad moments too in the show, but it's really a great show about family. And one of those uh, shows that makes you think about and feel like you're in an old sitcom, which is fun to have that uh, around.
1: It, it, I agree to me it actually almost felt almost like a play more than it felt like a sitcom. Mm,
3: um, yep.
1: But in a good way. And even though it kind of has those old school sitcom trappings, it was such a now show. It right. was so important to the current American demographics. You have the elderly population. It's dealing with LGBT issues. It was dealing with racial issues. It was dealing with sexuality in an aging population, which like, tell me the last time we've talked about that. What golden girls. Yep. Yeah. And even then it was used as a joke. Yeah. Like it was taken very serious here. And and I loved really everything about that show. I thought it was brilliantly written and brilliantly acted. The supporting cast also, I thought was outstanding.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, does anyone else have anything to add or does anyone want to advocate for Mindhunter advancing over grace and Frankie?
3: I mean, I, I, like I said, I would put probably pick Mindhunter. What did the rest of you move forward in this
1: I went forward with Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie.
2: Yeah, I chose Grace and Frankie too.
3: And I that that I get that. Um it's a more it's a show that you all have seen. So like it makes sense uh, for that to move on in
2: that case. I just I, this is going to be a thing I'm going to be saying through the rest of this, but I think that representation is really important and Grace and Frankie, as someone who identifies as woman, uh, is something that I thought was really important, especially because they are, as you said, they are aging humans and we see them as sexual beings. And that is normally what post-40 women are the demographic that doesn't matter. (laughs) So. Directly focusing a, a show on that, I think is really important.
0: And Eric, I think you said that the Golden Girls pointed out sexuality in the later years as a joke, but I really want to point out the fact that that joke opened the door for a show like this to exist. Absolutely. Like, yes, Blanche Devereaux was a joke. She was a slut. And everybody really gave her shit for that. But that literally opened the door for Grace and Frankie to be people in their late 70s and 80s still having sex and being sexual beings. And I really, I appreciate the Golden Girls for that.
1: Absolutely. And, and Blanche is one of my life icons. I want <laughs> yeah. to be that 70-year-old slut. I mean. So I hope no one took any dis, uh, any disrespect. I would never. I would never. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, moving on, we have Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt versus Sabrina. Uh, Curtis, talk to me about Kimmy Schmidt.
0: You're making me flip. You're making me flip on my back. Oh, no, Tina, <laughs> just like Blanche, just like Blanche. I mean, my drag name does include Devereaux because of mm-hmm. Blanche Devereaux. But Tina Fey could shit in the middle of the street, and I would look at it and be like, "Wow!" Like she Thirty Rock was amazing. It was really. It underperformed. People didn't, I really don't think they understood it, but it was an amazing piece in and of itself. But Kimmy Schmidt was a little bit more palatable where 30 Rock was more edgy. I could be a mole woman. That's when, when I watched (laughs) this show, I'm like, I'm from Kentucky. That's close. I know, right? I think I saw just a tiny bit more sun than the mole women, but- It gave us so many amazing people. It brought Jane Krakowski back. She is one of my favorite actresses, honestly. Like I know that she has National hits. and treasure. Messages. She is amazing. Yes. And if you've never seen her on Broadway doing kicks and flips and splits, you absolutely should because she is 40s and still very flexible. But it also gave us Titus Burgess as Titus Andromedon after Titus Andronicus. I don't, I never put that together before I like really started looking at this. And that's a Shakespearean play. Like that character, black, extremely effeminate, gay, extremely gay man. I don't really know if it existed before and it blew the door off of, yes, it's a comedy, but we were all able to look at it and laugh and realize, yes, that person exists and is still super fucking funny. Like that was, it's just such a good show, such a good show.
1: It is, and I have it going very far. I will say that it's an uneven show. the The kind of mm. middle seasons kind of peak and valley, and they, and they valley quite a bit. True. But I thought the last season was great, and I think the first season is honestly one of the best comedy seasons Netflix has. Period. I I was howling at that show. Like Pinot Noir was a moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bop. Video. It's yes. a bop, yo. Know? And I don't think any of the subsequent ones were quite as good. But overall, I think it's it's a show. As Curtis said, um, it's very palatable but it's also still really funny and there were parts of it that were also I thought kind of challenging ways I thought actually um, I'm forgetting Jane Krakowski's character's name Jacqueline Jacqueline. her storyline about discovering her native american roots could have been seen as offensive by some people and i will grant you that but i also thought it was actually really
0: funny but you know what that's that's 30 rock right there that's the edgy piece that tina fey really was getting at throughout the entire series of 30 rock like she was digging in it's like yes it's funny it's not meant to be funny but we have to laugh at it because that's the human experience and that's what i really appreciate about tina fey's comedy
1: Absolutely. And this fall, coming to NBC, there is Tina Fey's Shit in the Street Box. So I know (laughs) that you'll be excited.
3: Wow! I thought thought that was sisters. Oh, oh,
1: oh. how dare you? How dare you? Um, So we have to take it to a vote. Uh, Who would like to see Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt advance over Sabrina?
3: I would. Me. I would.
2: I had Ozark here, but I would go with Kimmy.
1: There we go. Great. All right. So next we have Russian doll versus Tiger King. Very of the moment. (laughs) Curtis, talk to me about Tiger King.
0: I can't, Eric. (laughs) Um, Tiger King. So for those of you in 2024 who are currently listening to this podcast, we are currently stuck inside because of what is basically a plague. And everyone has nothing to do except watch TV and masturbate. It's true, and when they watch TV, they watch Tiger King on Netflix because they probably have the free, like ad-related part of Netflix. Somehow, this nothing television show that wanted to be uh, making a murderer but wasn't has become this. It has gripped the nation, really, and it is it is a nothing burger. There is, I just we tried, we tried to watch. The first episode, and we made it maybe 45 seconds before we were just like, this isn't for us. This is just another attempt to make magic happen in the same bottle. And Netflix couldn't do it to me. But literally, this is a number one seed, I think. Everyone else who took this survey was like, yes, Tiger King, that's the thing that I want to see at the top. And I just can't agree with it. So, I think there's
1: a couple things there. Number one, Curtis, I don't think you're in any danger of being Joe Exotic's next husband.
0: Um, <laughs> number two, are you calling me? F- I'm not sure what has happened
2: here. No, you have to be straight. That's true. And you You have to
1: love
0: that. You don't have too (laughs) many wigs.
1: Exactly. Um, But I think there's a certain thing called recency bias. And with this particular survey, I think Tiger King certainly benefited from that. I think if we did this again in six months, I'm not even sure it would make the ballot. Um, In defense of Tiger King, I will say that, yes, it is a trashy documentary, but I think it's a self-aware trashy documentary. And I think what makes it compelling is that every episode you're like, this is fucking crazy. And I can't believe that real people like this exist, but then people who live in Florida or Alabama or Oklahoma or Kentucky, are like, or tell you're like, of course these people exist. That's my mom. Like, But for the rest of us, we're just like, oh, my God, look at these trashy people. And that's what reality TV show is based on, honey. Like, it is is America airing out its bloomers. And that's why I think it's popular. But am I going to say that it should be advancing over Russian doll? No, ma'am. I'm not going to make that example. Uh, will anyone else argue in favor of Tiger King versus Russian doll? No. Well, congratulations, Natasha <laughs> Leone! Once America's White Trash Princess, again America's White Trash Princess. What was it? Uh, I want to be a cheerleader. Is that yes? yes. Yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Slums of Beverly Hills. She's actually had quite the storied career. Good for her. Um, and also uh, a dalliance with hardcore drugs. So you know, mm. she and Joe Exotic have a lot of things in common. Also, so- she
2: is in Orange Is the New Black. Don't forget she about is. That. She's
1: amazing in that show too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Stranger Things versus The Witcher, and um, the rest of my panelists are oddly kind of over Stranger Things, but I will unapologetically uh, put that one up there. I think Stranger Things is a really well executed show. It is, I think, the most popular Netflix program. And I think it has been that way since it launched. But beyond that, I think it is tightly written. I think it is tightly directed. I think it is really well acted, which is rare for a show that focuses primarily on children and teenagers. I think it's legitimately scary I'm going to say that it's completely flawless. No, but I think it's tight. And I think the, um, some people compl- uh, complained complain about season three saying they got a little far afield with the Russia stuff and the, the radio and the mall. I was totally in on it. It's all about the eighties, right? That was America in the eighties, the mall, the paranoia, the, the red scare, I think it's if you lived through the 80s as someone who was the age of those kids, which I did, um, I think it's great. I I literally, I think it is a a really strong show, and I'm so excited to see where it goes from here. We have it up against The Witcher, which, Curtis, do you want to speak in favor of it, or do we just want to talk about Henry Cavill's Cavill's bare ass again?
0: That is literally what I was going to remind you of and wonder and question how you could turn against it. So could you defend yourself, please?
1: Because the internet exists and I'm able to bring up those gifts whenever I want, I literally do on my phone, non-exaggeration, have a webpage that is nothing but gifts of him emerging from the sea shirtless, and I go to it when I'm sad. Um, That's true, America. It's true. I can certainly (laughs) you that link if you want.
0: Uh, I will also say – I will also say, I do think that at least the first season of the Stranger Things was fantastic. It was very well written. It's very nostalgic. And I was talking to my husband about this earlier, about how you would be drawn in by that because that is what you lived and how I could see why you would choose that to move forward. So I completely understand it and agree with it. I just think it wore on a little bit too long. Even in how many seasons? Three, four. Three, fourth is uh, currently coming up. When eleven met thirteen, and they made twenty-four. Like I just I couldn't anymore, and I I gave <laughs> up, and I would much rather just watch Henry Cavill do literally anything. So that's why my vote went there. So you're
1: already—that's right, okay, fine. great. I mean, who's not? We're it's, <laughs> it's again. Inside,
0: Kevin. What are America you doing? America in
1: quarantine. Quarantine. Um, <laughs> So we have to vote. Stranger Things moving on over The Witcher. Say
0: yay.
2: Yay. Yay.
0: Everybody says yay? Oh, yeah, oh, Stranger everybody. Things over The Witcher. You know what? I'll even say yay. Yes.
1: Okay, great. Uh, the next match we have is Glow versus Sensate. And I'll, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk again. Glow actually is my favorite show on this list. Uh, I th- I did put other ones ahead of it in terms of what I think they should finish at. But I think Glow is a beautiful series as as everyone here watched it in its entirety.
2: Yes, I have. Yes. And I love it. I love it. As, As
1: soon as new episodes drop, I binge them. I can't wait. Like some other Netflix series I've dropped off on, or I pace them out. I, I, tear through glow and it saddens me that it's only getting one more season after this, but I'm glad that it's going out on its own time. I think the the acting on that show is great. Like I love Alison Brie, but Holy shit, Betty Gilpin is mm-hmm. a, an absolute dynamo on mm-hmm. that show. And I think looking at women and in this bizarre little kind of niche market, kind of finding themselves. It's so empowering. And it's all about the women. There's one really male character, well, two with Bash, um, but it is about women and their relationships. And I think it's awesome. I I love every moment of Glow, the, every season. Carissa, do you have anything to add to that?
2: You talking about it like that just reminded me I played roller derby for four years. And when I started watching the show, it really reminded me of What joining Derby felt like for me, because it is a a female community that lifts each other up and empowers them while also encouraging them to be strong. And it's you don't see it in the greater culture, but these little bubbles of it are just like really wonderful spaces to live in. And Glow lets us do that.
1: Uh, Does anyone want to discuss why Sensate should move forward on Overglow?
0: No, I loved glow. I, I spoke about Sensei eight earlier, but I think glow is honestly a superior show and it was a lower seed, but it should move forward. Even though I think I voted against it.
1: Um, I will. So we'll move glow forward. I will say this on behalf of sense eight. I think it was a very ambitious show and I love that Netflix did it without trying to do it on the cheap. Um, And they committed to the Wachowski's vision that ultimately cost them because it was so expensive and it didn't get the viewership. I'm sure they were hoping, but I, one of the things I love about those artists is that they have really big ideas and they don't always land the plane. In fact, more often than not, they don't, but, I will take a big idea that has landed poorly over a kind of rote expected story anytime I can get it. And if you did enjoy sensei, I want to put in a plug for cloud Atlas, which is also by the same directors and writers, which is deeply flawed. It's a film, but it kind of waves in space and time and connectedness instead of just space. And, um, There are huge problems with that movie, but it's also really, really cool in a lot of ways. So uh, we will be bidding Sensei adieu uh, earlier than I expected, much like the show itself. (laughs) But um, I have nothing but respect for it and the Wachowskis. Queer Eye versus Big Mouth. This seems like an odd battle, but does anyone want to speak on why Big Mouth should not advance over Queer Eye?
2: I mean, I just really think that, For me, a lot of times it comes down to what is your body of work. And if you're putting one really good season up against four really solid ones, you know, who do you pick in this realm? But I think this one's tricky because Queer Eye is what one more season than Big Mouth, but also has the Japan one, (laughs) which I haven't watched and I'm a Queer Eye fan. So I don't, yeah, I think it's a, this one's a tricky battle. I, I have Queer Eye advancing, but I could go either way here.
1: Anybody want to speak on behalf of Big Mouth here?
0: It's just such an amazing show. I love them both. I completely forgot about the Japan expedition of that show (laughs) because it was almost cringeworthy. We started watching it and, and stopped because it's like, why are we as Americans trying to force our culture and belief system on another culture that does not have that already? Like- America is different than literally anywhere else in the world in that we have been able to open ourselves up and create at least a tiny space for the LGBT population to exist where that really doesn't happen anywhere else. And I actually had an issue with Queer Eye trying to make that happen in another country and we just shut it off. Big Mouth, I still watch for that reason because it is still a go-to. It's still funny. They're still building these characters out. They're still going through puberty. It's still interesting. So I think I actually picked Queer Eye, but I would be happy to switch over to Big Mouth.
3: Kevin, do you have anything to add there? I'm team Big Mouth. I think Big Mouth is progressive and we talked about it in the last round. I just think it is... Big Mouth versus Bojack was a tough one because I think they're both very high up on quality for me. Whereas in this round, I think Big Mouth is just a very consistent, well-made, very funny, meaningful show.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take their side on this one, Carissa. Sorry. So I think we're moving Big Mouth forward. Much love to Jonathan Van Ness and to Anthony and his avocados. But toast. Um, avocado
0: toast.
1: Avocado <laughs> toast. Uh the last matchup for round two, I think, is gonna be a slam dunk and that is House of Cards versus the Crown. Yes. Um Kevin, talk to me about the crown.
3: It, well, it's just the, it's the crown, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's the crown. No, I, I was, I remember watching a preview for this and I was like, Oh, really? Again, we're going to do this when it first started. And I was like, all right. And then I had heard really good word about it. Um, and I, I know some people started the show and like, wasn't their bag. Um, but from episode one and the intricacy of the coronation of the queen, uh, you know, to seeing Vanessa Kirby play her sister Margaret oh, uh, in gosh. the first, she's iconic. I mean, amazing. She's just perfection in that oh. show. It's just, it's, it. And then what they do um, by picking people who are the actual age of their trying to convey and change cast. That's very bold. That's very interesting. And that could have failed miserably. And it didn't, it worked really well. And you just really get to see uh, like insight into the, this, this family, this is, it's almost like looking at a mob, like, you know, a mob family.
1: It is. I can't think of another show that's taken that approach. And someone correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure I'll get comments on this. But I can't think of another show that is bold enough to every two seasons say, hey, we're completely recasting with yeah, people who are actually the, the ages that they're supposed to be. It I would mean, have to be
0: British. I Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, soap operas, obviously, will recast children or whatever. But right. um, I think it was really bold. I think it's an amazing show. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it more in round three because I don't see it going down House of Cards, does anyone object to The Crown advancing?
0: Nope. Kevin Spacey.
3: (laughs) There you go. There we go. Canceled.
1: Um, Canceled. Um, The one thing I will say about The Crown is that I find myself disappointed that in the most recent seasons, the focus keeps coming back to Philip, um, and I don't really care that much about Philip and his male pain. (laughs) I I thought the episode with... Charles going to uh, his boarding school and the stuff with Philip's childhood entangled into that was brilliant. And I loved it, but man, I don't need to hear about how difficult it is for Philip. Although I think you can see the echoes between him and princess Diana. And I'm sure we will be exploring that more once we get to that point in the history. But I feel as though the show does let itself down by not really fixating more on the women who I think at this point in history at least, are far more impacted by that mantle than the men. And it it bothers me that we keep having to, well, what about the
0: men? Eric, the one thing that I will say is you have to have a villain in a show. Yeah. From a story perspective, you have to have someone to dislike, if not hate. And I think Philip might be that person. I'm going to be killed by the uh, English government, just so you all know. (laughs) Am I sick? He's coming. (laughs) If he can't flip his Jeep, whatever again, like he's on his way. But I do think that like, as I was think, as you were saying it, I was like, well, you have to have someone to hate. Who do we hate in this show? And it's the men.
3: It's a juxtaposition.
0: Mm. It,
3: how do you mean? It's the juxtaposition of masculinity. What they're actually doing is they're pointing out the, the flaws in uh, the, the perception of masculinity comparatively to who the queen is. Um, And, like, his intimidation of her because he is a man. And, like, I think you're seeing this guy who is, like, an ass. Like, you're seeing the problems problems in misogyny and masculinity that kind of take over people's mindsets.
1: That's a good point in that, you know, especially in like the the 60s and the 70s um, for a man who was in a position who comes from a a family that had been in power to then basically take a ceremonial role must have been really kind of. Uh, socially castrating for him But again like I don't fucking care Like I want to know more about Liz I want to know about more about Princess Margaret who is like my ride or die I think to get to your point Curtis That we always need a villain I think that maybe sometimes the showrunners want us to Dislike Margaret and I'm like never, like, never. never. I am fully On team Margaret at all times I bought a seven foot bright pink Christmas tree To name her Princess Margaret And then the short little regular green one Is Princess uh, Queen Elizabeth like, (laughs) that's why I love that show that's what I'm looking for but it looks like we have our top eight and we're going to go right into the final four debates so I'm going to start with the top bracket Orange is the New Black versus Grace and Frankie who believes that Orange is the New Black should advance
2: I do I do (laughs) Kevin that was also you yes
3: yeah
1: go ahead I'm sorry
2: Krissa. well I I actually would love to hear what Kevin has to say since I spoke on this last round
3: um, I just think the reason I would advance it—they uh, both have impactful—they uh, both have an impact on um, different populations and very interesting stories. I would advance Orange Is the New Black because while well, I—I'll be honest—I also stopped watching it, um, but I think what we had were some really powerful stories about women of color that you really cannot—you've you, never really seen. Um, before um, and or a- as many all at once, I guess I should say, <laughs> and I I think that's that's really what it is, and it really was a special show. It was one of the most successful shows for Netflix.
1: I I agree. Uh, any. So I'm also on Team Orange is the New Black. Curtis, are you acceptable that we're going to take out Grace and Frankie at this point?
0: Absolutely, because it's an amazing show and it was difficult to watch. And I came to honestly despise Piper as a character, but I think that might have been the point. Like yeah. she was not a likable person and her ability to go to prison, come out of it and still not realize that she was a privileged person, really, Like she had all of these terrible things happen to her in the final season because I actually did watch it. Like it was difficult for her. Yes, but she still fought through it and still probably got some of the breaks that she got because she was a white woman. Like she wasn't able to do the math and put it all together while we watch these other people of color continue to struggle in and outside of the prison walls. So it is an excellent show. It's hard to watch, but it's so good.
1: Yeah, I don't think that even the producers and writers thought that Piper was a good character. Even by like season 2 or 3 you started to get that. Like they they were like she's an asshole.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I think season 1 had to focus on her disproportionately because of the source material. Mm. But once the show kind of got its own feet and whatever, then it was more able to explore the stories of everyone else who's there, which I think are far more interesting.
1: Continuing with our final four decisions, we have Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt versus Russian Doll. Um, I personally would probably put Russian Doll advancing here. I love Kimmy. I would be fine to be voted out here. Um, I'd be delighted, in fact. But I will hear arguments. Who's for Russian Doll? Who's for Kimmy Schmidt?
3: Russian Doll.
2: Well, I have zero dogs in this fight because i which is a terrible expression by the way um because i have ozark actually going to my final four but i i I mean this comes back to what i've been saying before kimmy schmidt is a full series which tells you the full story and russian doll has been really strong but we're kind of like what's gonna happen you know kind of like what kevin has been saying about how if it had been a contained season it would be perfect but they're not letting it be contained. It's moving forward, and we don't yet know. It might stumble. But Kimmy, we know the results. We know it's solid, and so I would move that forward.
1: Okay, uh, I'm I'm willing to be persuaded. Is anyone else on Team Kimmy?
0: Yes, me. Kimmy had like a U curve, not and what is it? A bell curve. Um, it started out really strong. And then toward the middle of the series, it dipped down a little bit. I wouldn't say a whole lot. Um, I honestly, so earlier I said that Tina Fey good shit in the street and I would like watch and <laughs> love it. The worst episodes for me were the ones where she played the lawyer. Like it was just, it was difficult to watch, but like when she's behind the camera and producing and directing people, how to, they should be, it's amazing. And it came back in the end. Like it's a truly great series. I cannot talk to Russian doll. I have not seen it. I do love Natasha Lyonne and I do plan to watch it. But Kimmy Schmidt is like, if you think of Netflix, that is Kimmy Schmidt. Like that is one of the the shows that you connect to the Netflix brand. That's why I move it forward. Kevin?
3: I mean, I don't know. That TV movie that's coming out looks pretty damn terrible um, that they have coming out soon. It hasn't aired, so we cannot count it against it. Uh, but <laughs> it looks really bad. Um, but it is. Kimi Schmidt was a really solid show. It, it Or it is a solid show. I love the first season and I think I picked Russian doll, but I would be, I mean, Kimmy Schmidt is still very good too. So I'd be fine if that's the direction we end up going.
1: Okay. It sounds like we're going with Kimmy Schmidt. Next we have stranger things versus glow. I know I was talking about how much I love glow, but personally to me, I'm putting stranger things for it. <gasps> oh,
3: I'm the opposite.
4: Yeah.
1: No, glow. Really? Glow. No, All right. Tell me about it. Get into it.
0: Kevin go. Cause I've already talked about how much I hate that show what stranger Things?
3: do you want me to go against stranger things or for glow
0: for it's both both? <laughs> both,
3: okay both. so i think glow is the superior show it's three seasons that are spectacular explorations of gender like you said eric in, a, in an industry for women that is not necessarily uh something that's always perpetuated with them i think you have a great cast really funny gina davis's boobs uh um, <laughs> it's right I mean, what more can you ask for? I think the first season of Stranger Things was very, very, very good. Popcorn, fun, TV. And then I think season two was a real stinker. And I actually (sighs) liked season three. Um, I actually thought season three might even actually be their best season because I thought it was really weird and interesting and very 80s. Mm -hmm. it's just such an inconsistent show interesting it really is it's not it's peaks and valleys exist whereas i think glow is consistently beautifully written directed acted uh the fights the the wrestling matches are amazing they're great it's clever it's 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 the real deal
0: all
1: right all right this is compelling anyone else want to speak to it
0: kevin did it yeah Yeah. eric are you have you flipped? Have we turned you on the mat?
1: It technically doesn't matter uh, because you guys had the votes to put oh. it through, but you've got me in a full Nelson, and <laughs> I am tapping the mat, glow cont- over Stranger Things. And the last of the final four, and I, I think this is going to be an easy one, Big Mouth versus The Crown. Oh, I think The Crown right. gets it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Easy.
1: Carissa, do you have any objection?
2: I mean, I had Queer Eye here, but I fully, I fully go with y'all. Also, I have not seen the most recent season of The Crown. So I'm still only on the first two, which I've seen and loved. And this is one of those shows that I kind of like, unlike you with Glow, new episodes come out and I'm like, this is really good. I need to hold this, you know, to watch it. And also this is one that I'm watching with my husband. So we have to carve out the time and that makes it harder.
0: So you have, you've yet to see Helena Bonham Carter. I have
2: yet. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I'm excited.
1: The Charles stuff is so compelling too. Like it genuinely is. The uh, the episode where he's in Wales, I, I thought was awesome. I so,
2: agree.
1: Yeah. Definitely make time to watch it while we're all stuck inside.
2: We will. I'm excited.
1: Great. Well, we're going to take another break before we get to our final four to the winner. We'll be back in a second with the great pop culture debates. Welcome back to The Great Pop Culture Debate best Netflix original series, we are at the final four. Can you believe it? It's Orange is the New Black versus Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Glow versus The Crown. One thing that strikes me is that these are all pretty much women-centered shows. I don't know if that's because it is three homosexuals and a lady or if it is an actual reflection of the Netflix viewership. I don't think it's that far off, to be honest with you. I think Stranger Things might have made the, the tops if it was a Otherwise, uh, if there were you know, more straight male viewers Tiger that King. were part of this. Tiger King. Tiger for King, for sure. Yes. Um, but I think it's a great group uh, in that final four, and I'm personally really pleased with it. So let's go to the first bout. Who here believes that Orange is the New Black should go to the final two over Kimmy Schmidt?
2: That would be me. I do, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I think on top of all the things we've been talking about and representation being very important – Orange is the New Black versus Kimmy, these are two seas- series that have completed, but I think Orange is the New Black is just going to have a longer lasting impact. It, whether it's known that this is why people are caring about these issues doesn't really matter, I think. But we are talking about you know people of color and in the prison system and the abuse of guards in the prison system and a lot of those other things, especially now as we're dealing with you know, viruses that are whipping through places, including the prison system um, and targeting these people that we don't see, but are very vulnerable.
1: Yeah. And I I will say that Orange is the New Black has a gravitas to it. It has like 10 years from now, maybe back at TV from this time, we're going to think, oh, yeah, Orange is the New Black. That was a thing. Kimmy's a great show. I love Kimmy, but I don't think it's going to have the legs that Orange is the New Black does, personally.
2: Agreed. I think Titus is an incredible character, but with Orange is the New Black, we get Laverne Cox, which is incredible. Like, seeing her on your TV is everything.
1: It's true.
0: It's true. Anyone disagree?
3: No. I think that is the show that should move on.
0: Curtis? No, I agree. I love Kimmy Schmidt, but... In in just our conversation here today, I really like my mind has been changed. Orange is the new black means more than Kimmy Schmidt in today's climate, and even though the reason I voted against Bojack Horseman was because the main character was so unlikable and I couldn't find someone to cheer for, that's what happened for me in Orange is the New Black when Piper like finally grated on my last nerve, but the show understood that it needed to switch the focus from this privileged white girl to these people who are struggling every single day, who are of color and of various uh, sexual orientations and gender identities. And, and there are so many different diverse people in the prison system in America who are struggling. This show shines the spotlight on that to the, the public, in a time that is so very necessary. So I am completely okay with it moving forward.
1: I'm also going to add, uh, in terms of reconsidering the show, which you kind of just mentioned, I personally went into this thinking, uh, you know, "Oranges and the Black was great for the first few seasons. I kind of got tired of it. It became too dark for me. I stopped watching. But this conversation has made me realize, number one, that was kind of the point. They wanted to be confronting. They wanted to make you actually view these people who are in these dire situations because that's really happening in real life. And then number two, I thought to myself would I and society at large be so dismissive of this show if it wasn't almost entirely women focused? This is something that I harp on a lot, but I think that, uh, American society is really quick to judge and disparage things that are women's focused and give them way more grief than they would male focused things. And this is making me realize my own kind of in a, inadvertent prejudices against the show that I'm, I'm now going to go back and make sure that I finish it too. I, I gave up after like season four. So thank you everyone. So for our final bout, we have glow versus the crown and uh, we've been hyping glow. I love glow, but in this one I I'm going with the crown. Any objections? N-
3: none at all.
2: I had queer eye here. So <laughs> 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 this is, this is in what I mean, I don't really have anything to argue here because I love Glow. I've loved the first two seasons of The Crown. I have not seen the third. So that puts me at a disadvantage here. I think either show is very well done, tells a story that hasn't really been told in a way that isn't being told. And – I would be fine with you all putting either one to the final two.
0: You really love Jonathan Van Ness, don't you?
2: I do. (laughs) I do, and I didn't even watch Gay of Thrones. (gasps) I know. Gay gasp.
0: For those of you who don't know what Carissa is talking about, go to YouTube and type in Gay of Thrones and relive Game of Thrones through the lens of a gay man who is a hairstylist and it's honestly a little bit better, at least in the last season. Like that, it's, <laughs> it's worth it. Hon- yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's how we started. Jonathan Van Ness got to start through that. Um, make sure that when you're looking, you don't go to the actual porn Gay of Thrones.
3: <laughs> also own. Or do. Honestly, um, yeah. it's better. I can recommend, I
1: can recommend. I, I, you know, it's, it's good. Um, But back to the crown. Um, I I think uh, as, as amazing glow is, uh, I think that the crown again is one of those shows from a posterity standpoint that we're going to look back on it. It is so well produced, acted, written, everything about it just says prestige, but it's not, yes, it is stuffy. I mean, it's the the goddamn British monarchy, but it's also (laughs) incredibly riveting and moving. And you really get a lens into that world that there's stuff every episode that I learn about. Like, I'm blown away every episode by it. And I'm so grateful that it exists. And I'm, I'm sad to hear that they only want to do six seasons and then wrap. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to (sighs) see how they're going to be dealing with this whole Prince Harry and Meghan Markle thing. Cause this is, I'm like the crown season 10 is going to be fucking lit. (laughs) We have that going on. Charles has got the covids. Like I I don't give up on me now.
2: (laughs) Maybe you'll convince them to add a few more. I'm happy to do it. I would love
0: it. for them to attempt to go into the future and like,
2: <laughs> yes, oh <my> God,
0: <laughs> guess what happens. Like,
1: Yes. Corgis in space. That's,
0: <laughs> that's the crown
1: season 22. Oh, I, did, oh
0: I did not mean quite that into the future, but thank you, Eric. <laughs> I
1: do um, does anyone have an objection or is our final two Orange <laughs> is the New Black versus The Crown?
3: Yes. Those are our final two.
1: It's our final two. So with that being said, we have to make a decision. The least important decision you will make today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about black that versus, actually.
1: That's <laughs> true. Or does the new black versus the crown, which is the best Netflix original series. Curtis, your pick.
0: The crown, Eric, I am honored to be the person that speaks first because you had to convince me to start watching the crown again. I watched the first I think maybe two episodes of the show and it was so historical and so dry and so to the point that I really just gave up on it. I, I did not enjoy watching it. I didn't think that it was interesting enough for me to give it a second shot and we moved on to something different. But you were like, you have to get past the first two, just go back. And I did. And I'm now three seasons deep and – It is one of the best shows I think that has ever been made. I will go and say that. I know Kevin may argue with me because he has literally watched every show that has ever been made. (laughs) I have not. But everything that I have seen, every show is like a little mini movie. That's how riveted I am as I'm watching it. I watch these people who exist and it's not a documentary But it's close enough that there are real facts that the media and investigators have exposed that have been turned into this just so interesting drama that I'm able to watch and I love. I think Orange is the New Black is an amazing show. I have talked relentlessly about why I think it is so good in shining a light on diverse perspectives, but The Crown is, on the whole, a better show.
1: Carissa, your pick.
2: I have Orange is the New Black. I had it going all the way from the very beginning. I think without this show, I mean, would we know Dasha Polanco? Probably not. And speaking from... April of 2020, she is our current reigning Fug Madness champion.
1: Long may she reign.
2: <laughs> well, we'll hopefully just one year, <laughs> but <laughs> but she we wouldn't she wouldn't even be reigning had she not done the what press junket or the the finale tour for the final season of the show, which I think the show deserves a lot of credit for. S- trying new things because you get a few seasons in and then Pusey dies like the uh, spoiler alert
0: everybody. <laughs> spoilers, everybody stop talking stop listening, a stop listening. So, um,
2: so you get a few seasons in and then that happens and it's really hard and then there are other like i think it's the next season that is set in just a few days the riot the prison riot yeah which is kind of incredible for a show where seasons span about a year or six months maybe. And then to do one season that spans like three days and then to go back and do longer seasons. And then we see Piper our much not really liked a uh, protagonist from the beginning. She gets released and then she's dealing with all of the post prison struggles w- where you find out all this bullshit, you know, like you get early release, but you can't work late and you can't work anywhere with, alcohol but you have to pay this much rent and you have to show your pay stubs and all the shit that she's dealing with and you're like oh my god can no one even get a break and so it's not fun to watch but i think it's important to watch and i think the show deserves props for trying new and different things all right kevin your pick
3: i am the crown all the way i think it is I actually do agree with you, Curtis. I do think it is one of the, it's easily one of the best shows of the last decade. It's definitely one of the best shows of the 2000s. It's, 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 um, the, what it, what it's doing with regards to history and the royal family is fascinating. And it's, um, so it, it is, it's like watching mini films. Um, and it's really great and interesting to see. It's, I think, hands down, easily Netflix's best show that they have. It's so impressive, beautiful, uh, and really, really brilliantly acted. You, I can't really, I can't argue with, uh, my final two were that and Mindhunter. I think those are the two shows that really stand out for Netflix for me.
1: Interesting. Um, I also am team the crown uh, I will. I think I've already spoken at length as to why I think it's amazing, but it was interesting that you pointed out something, Kevin, that kind of made me think, I'm surprised that no one has done an American version of this show. Obviously, we don't have a royal family, but why are we not doing a presidential show? Why are we not doing a look at the Kennedys the same way that we did a look at the British royal family? Why aren't we looking at the Nixon household? Like, I personally... I'm so much more invested in British culture, having watched this program. I want to know this about my own country. Mm. And um, there's so many elements, like when the the terrible season three episode that I'm not going to get too much into because Carissa hasn't seen it yet, but that's set in the mining village. I had no idea that happened in real life. And I'm sure there are other examples like this in America that I would like to see unwrapped. By the way, total tangent, but I'm going to bring it up. Along those lines, if you're not watching Mrs. America on Hulu, I highly recommend it. It's a really fascinating delve into the women's liberation movement, which now that I think about it, probably was highly refer- uh or highly influenced by the crown. Um, but, yeah, I think it is an amazing show. And I'm sorry, Carissa, we have three votes to your one. So <laughs> we are crowning, we are Ooh. enshrining the crown as the best Netflix original series, Long May She Reign.
2: <laughs> long may she
1: reign we did it and thank you all for coming along with us on this little uh, virtual journey uh, the next episode of the be- great pop culture debate will be starting in three seconds whether you want it to or not because that's the way Netflix rolls <laughs> and I want to thank my panelists for joining me today and we hope that you all stay safe and uh, we'll talk to you later
0: bye bye bye, bye.